You're listening to the Get Out and Drive podcast with John Custom Car Nerd Meyer and Jason Old Car Guy Car. We'll be bringing you gearheads everything you never wanted to know about cars and why they should be on the road and not in your garage. Are you ready to get out and drive? Get those cars on the road October 2nd, 2022 to celebrate National Get Out and Drive Day. Visit nationalgetoutanddriveday.com for more info. You were talking about when you, you know, when you were a young fella, when you were right. filling up for 95 cents a gallon. So those of you who don't know, uh, I live in a border community. So I live in Canada. There's a river that separates Canada and the U.S. from where I live. So crossing the border was very easy 25, 30 years ago. You could go over and you could buy cheap gas and come back to Canada. You would get, you know, drive all over uh, God's creation. You do the loser laps up and down the main drag. Uh, you know, you'd park on the side of the road and have a smoke with your friends or whatever you were doing. And when you ran out of gas, you went back over and for 45 bucks, you were filling up your square body and away you went. Right. But then in 2001, you throw in the tragic events of 9-11 made it harder for us to go see family members back and forth across the border, to go get your cheap gas, your cheap milk, whatever you were buying over there, your cheap beer. And now, 20 years later, we're dealing with COVID-19, which essentially shut the border down and has just recently opened back up. So like that... For my young fella, who's now 22 years old, driving a Crown Vic, doesn't have to go and pay those big prices and fuel on the Canadian side. He can now go back to the American side because the border is open and get the cheaper gas. That's like a Hail Mary. Oh, my goodness. The borders are open. We can go get cheap gas again. So for <laughs> us, four and a half dollar gas, a gallon of gas is a godsend right now. Wow. Because it's, 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 it's to our avail. We can travel over there to get that. Now, do they consider that bootlegging? No, but there are a few rules. Uh, you can fill your vehicle and you can fill up to, I think, one five-gallon jug uh, without having to incur any duties or extra taxes or stuff like that. Um, but yeah, you can't go over there and you can't fill up 20 jugs and bring it across the border. They won't let you. Right, right. Bringing, bringing fuel east of Maine is bootlegging. Kind of, yeah. I heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we can cue the music. Jason <laughs> driving his black Trans Am, the whole back of it's full of fuel. <laughs> so I know we talk about fuel prices and everything all the time. That that certainly gets you upset, gets you riled up, gets me riled up. I don't know about any of our listeners what, what just drives me bonkers because I think my newest car is like a 1995 Right. And we just bought, we just bought a uh, 90. Let me see. I think we bought a 95 Jeep, something like that. Um, oh, no, it's not 95 Jeep. It's an 89. It's just, an 88. 88 or 89. Yeah, it's an 89. It's bought an 89 Cherokee. And we just bought. How can the, you not know what car the, that we just bought? That no, is I embarrassing. don't know. I just was in it just a few minutes ago. John, that's a new car. I'm going back on mute. That's a late model. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that was Joanne who decided she was going to pipe in. Yes. 
Thank you, Joanne, for correcting my co-host for his wrongful doings. Yes, the chaos coordinator. But because she has control over this podcast, I guarantee she'll have Paul, our sound guy, cutting that out probably. <laughs> so we just, my, my newest car, I think, is a 95. And, and we just bought an 89 Jeep Cherokee, right? So first of all, I don't know where people get all their money from to be driving around in a 2022 or newer, you know, vehicle that's $125,000 or, or $180,000. I see them all the time. You know, the giant bro dozer trucks, big giant thing, you know, platinum Ford, crew cab, long bed, four wheel drive, yada, yada, yada. And it's $130,000, right? Mm. But it also has every bell and whistle and everything on it. You know, um, you know, power, this power, that seat warmers, uh, steering wheel warmers and, 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 you know, windshield warmers and everything. Everybody's car has so many features all the way down to like the mom, soccer mom, right? In the minivans. I remember when people used to drive around and they were reasonably sane and the ones that weren't were drunk, right? <laughs> and, and now I see moms with carloads full of kids reaching around, smacking a kid. They're on the phone. They're eating a burrito. And this is not just women. The guys do this too. And they're smacking, right? Putting on, now you said guys are putting on makeup. So yeah, probably guys too. And, 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 you know, we want to be politically correct. <laughs> we have to include all the guys. Um, inclusion, so, John. Inclusion, yes. So they're whipping down the highway, right? In and out of traffic, doing 120 in their new minivan with 15 airbags in it, anti-lock brakes, lane monitoring, crash avoidance, four-wheel disc brakes, fuel injection, air conditioning on, triple, triple door seals. They couldn't hear a fire truck covered in ambulances crash into the side of them. And these people are whipping down the highway, and they're safe. Why are they safe, Jason? They're safe because of the preconceived notion that today's safety features or aids are there to make it all better. In Canada, in the wintertime, we get snow. We get tons of snow. And these same soccer moms, soccer dads, whatever you want to call them, cruising around in their big crew cabs and their big whatever, four-wheel drives, going down the highway, and they're passing you. You're, you're doing 45, 50 because it's a blizzard, if that. And these guys are just sailing by you. Right. About seven or eight miles up the road, they're in the median backwards. <laughs> so this idea that I bought the safest car, truck, van on the road messes with people's mind. It tells them stuff subliminally that doesn't exist. It's the my car will save me attitude. Absolutely. My car will save me no matter what, because I just paid big money. Right. It's got every safety feature on it. And I can do whatever the hell I want at whatever speed I want. And they think they're still safe. Well, and because like I was talking about just briefly, because most of our things we talk about are vintage cars mm -hmm. and vintage cars with compared to today's cars. Cause I can get into this really quickly. Uh, the cheapest new Hyundai or the cheapest new Kia will out accelerate, outperform, outsteer, outbreak everybody's love 
which is the 70, the, the pinnacle of the world, right? If you ask any muscle car guy, is a 70 Chevelle SS 454, you know, LS6, 435 horse. Everybody preaches the biggest, baddest thing in the world, you know, unless you're on the Mopar side of the fence. You know, then you're a 426 dual quad street Hemi guy. Anyway, those cars in their fastest stock form are running 13s. And people used to think that's quick, 12s, mm-hmm. if you tuned it, you know, and you mm-hmm. and you went over to uh, Don Yanko's place and you 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 got a over 400-inch uh, big block, which Chevy wouldn't put in a car, over 400-inch big block and jam it in the tiniest car possible. You know, when you have, you have a Yanko Nova, you know, what people used to think would drive a million miles an hour. You take that car restored and race it against a new Kia and you'll lose. Most likely. Yeah. It'll outturn, outperform, outbreak, and everything. And that's how, and get better gas mileage, and with air conditioning, and the windows up. The biggest thing of all, John, yeah. is, yeah, that key or Honda may do that to you, but you won't, near, you won't be near as cool. I have to take out, I know, I have to take out the cool factor, because I'm a rumpety cam guy. You know, I get it. But the way technology and safety and everything has went forward, it's amazing the things that you can do in a rear wheel drive 70s car that a newer car will outperform it. And it makes the newer cars with safety features are great. I, I just, I can't understand why people have become such poor drivers because like I said, lane monitoring, uh, crash avoidance and all that type of stuff with the, my car will save me attitude. It is absolutely amazing to me that people to drive down the highway and just not care at all because they're going to do a five lane right turn highway switch to get off in their exit and make it. I saw that three times today driving around and, and, and every time I see that I look and it's some kind of car that's less than three years old that handles like it's on rails and it's going to save that person. I I don't know. Where's it going to stop? Because I, I know the Teslas and all that trash, everybody's wanting to go to EV, but the Teslas will, you just push the button and it'll route you. That's, that's amazing to me. But does that take the driver feel and the driver logical thinking out of driving? What do you, what do you think about that? Well, the big thing that I, that I think when it comes to driver safety over the, or the evolvement of the automotive industry is you know, I, I try to think, well, what's the number one? What's the absolute biggest safety feature that's come into play ever since cars have ever been built? Was it the airbag? Was it the seat belt? Was it radial tires? Mm. There's a lot of things that come into play as cars have evolved over the years that we say, you know, wh- what's making me safe? There was a time when you could order a full-size car, much like my own, um, when power steering was an option, John. Power brakes were an option on a car. You take anybody born after 2000 today, stick them in a five-speed and tell them to go to the store and get you some milk. (laughs) They're not even going to be able to get to start it, let alone drive it down that road and bring you back some milk because nobody learns how to drive a stick anymore. 
Very few car manufacturers are building cars with a manual. Tra- you can't even buy a work truck, John, today with a manual transmission. Wow. And, and because I'm not in the loop, because I'm brain dead on newer cars, unless I'm yelling at one passing me at 120 on the highway. Now, we do but, know some people that could. Well, yes. Jake Wilson. Olivia Gentry. Yeah, Jake Wilson, <laughs> Olivia Gentry. And, 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 and there's a couple of people that we've interviewed that can do that. But they're in the half of 1% oh, yeah. of, of, the, of the people that could do that. They don't make a manual transmission. Because, like I said, because I'm brain dead, when was the last time, let's pick General Motors, when was the last time they built a manual transmission truck mm. available? I don't know. Do you know? Yeah. It was... Uh... I believe in a I mean to regular, put you on a spot. No, I believe in a regular half ton pickup truck. Uh the last year or last body style you could buy a manual transmission uh was the body style that came up to 2013. The 07 to 13s, I think was the last years you could buy a manual. Wow. Anything 2014 and newer, I don't believe you could get it in a half ton truck, not even in a base work truck with a V6 automatic. Like it just that's all you got. I'm excited to announce that the Get Out and Drive podcast is now on Wingding TV. This means you can check out the Get Out and Drive podcast and our exclusive video content on Roku, Apple TV, Fire TV, and more. Just download the Wingding app and start watching and listening today. I, I, I want to go back to the question that I or the, the statement that I made earlier about what what do you think is the most the biggest advancement in safety? in cars in the last 130 years since they've been around. What do you think it is? What, What's that one thing? I would have to say, as far as safety, man, it's split between disc brakes and anti-lock brakes. Yeah, and I was leaning on anti-lock brakes and airbags because they both came around very similar time frame. But anti-lock brakes, I believe today, is something that I don't think I would want to be driving Many vehicles, even the older ones that I have, of course, yeah, you take precautions when you're driving the older vehicles, but right. uh, anti-lock brakes is something that I think that I don't think I could live without in a modern vehicle today. Well, with with rain and snow and, and all that stuff, <clears throat> I understand that. I, I worked at a Dodge dealer in the 90s, and there were a lot of people that were coming in and trading in rear-wheel drive or or first gen Chrysler um carbureted and and just standard power disc brake cars. We had to go to customer training to tell the customer do not pump the brakes on your car. And yeah. and and it's amazing to think that I was part of that evolving personally because I went to training and I'm like why the hell am I going to this training? And sure enough we had customers that were coming in that said their car is broken because their pedal was hopping and humming when they jumped on the brakes. Mm-hmm. They didn't know what that was. They had no idea what that was. Um, fantastic, fantastic story. Uh, I, it, it was like uh, 1990, I don't know, 94, 95, whenever the Neon came out, Dodge Neon came out yeah, first. Yeah. I went to the Neon launch. We had to go to some time, big giant thing, and Dodge uh, Corporate put us through training to explain this brand new car called the Neon. And this man traded in like a 70s era Dodge, like Monaco or something, like the Blues Brothers, you know, car. (laughs) He traded this in for a new Neon. 
And he got in the car and he drove away because we picked it up from, from uh, new car, get ready and everything. It's great. He came back the next day and he was yelling and screaming. And I said, sir, what's wrong? And my service manager thought it was hilarious. So he made me deal with him. And the man went out there and he said, I've been driving around for two days now with the high beams on. And I said, he goes, every time I turn the turn signal on, um, you know, the high beams come on. I'm like, sir, he goes, this goddamn thing's wired. It's broken. And I said, no, no, no. Let me explain to you your car. And I sat in there and I pulled the switch back and I showed him on the column where the high beams were. And, and he goes, oh, looky there. And he thought that was the most fantastic thing ever because I asked him to show me where the high beams were and he's pumping and stomping and stomping and pumping on the carpet. And I said, sir, your high beam switch is no longer on the floor. It's up here. <laughs> and, and that kind of thing is crazy. Uh, I remember my dad had a uh, 70, 79 Mustang, and I'm pretty sure the horn was on the turn signal switch. It wasn't on the horn pad. It was boop, boop on the yep. side of the, the – it, it had a little trumpet, little horn. You hit the side of it, and the horn would honk with the turn signal switch. Yep. Who at Ford thought that was the greatest idea ever? It should have been shot because it was actually a terrible idea. And it wasn't that Ford's slogan in the 70s, a, a, a bright idea, Ford's better idea, was the light bulb? <laughs> that guy should have been fired. And I guess the root of all of this crazy trash <laughs> – because I'm not a fan of the late model cars with, with uh, you know, airbags that Jiffy Pop popcorn pops out so you can have something to eat while you're waiting for the ambulance and the tow truck to come. Um, that's exactly what happens. People don't understand or they don't know. When an airbag goes off, um, it's actually foil and Jiffy Pop popcorn flies out of it. It works with the engine oil and Jiffy Pop pops out, and that way you have something tasty to eat waiting for the tow truck. Anyway... And whatever you do, don't don't get the salted version because you no. get that stuff in your eyes, and that is just it's terrible. It, yeah, airbag goes off, and you get salt and kernels in your eyes. It's a whole thing. Um, but the root of all of this stuff is is I have two words for you, Ralph Nader. That is the start and the root of everything. And our listeners, if you haven't read Unsafe at Any Speed about him killing the Corvair. You have to read Unsafe at Any Speed by Ralph Nader. That, that is the most fantastic book. Um, just It's a great read because of Ralph Nader, uh, everyone that's listening to our show has disc brakes and power steering and power brakes and seat belts and all sorts of things that he pushed the government, put the, pushed the U.S. government to create all of these government mandates that helps keep you safe today. He's the main person that steered all the big three automakers. And obviously European ones followed, but all the big three automakers. He's the one that made a Maverick look terrible and all the other cars with putting them giant five mile an hour crash bumpers on there. Thanks, Ralph Nader. Well, John, the long and the short of it is, is we understand how all this newer technology, lane keep assist and, you know, adaptive cruise control, all that stuff right. uh, puts a false sense of security in people's minds. Um, they are there as driving aids. Uh, they are there to help you. They are there to protect you under certain conditions, just like back in the day when they decided it was time to go from radial or from bias ply tires to radial. 
when it was time to start putting disc brakes on everything, when it was time to start adding all these new fan-dangled features like airbags and all this blah, blah. Their idea is, is we want to make a safer car for a safer world. There's more and more cars today than there ever was on the face of the planet. They're, they're making them faster than they're destroying them. Uh, so our highways are clogged and congested. Um, the cars are supposed to be safe. I'm going to use that in an air quote. You guys are listening to us right now. You're not able to see what we're doing. I'm air quoting the word safe. <laughs> and the reason why I'm air quoting the word safe is because a vehicle, any vehicle going down the highway at any speed is only as safe as the experience of the driver. Let me repeat that. Any vehicle going down the highway is only as safe as the experience of the driver. That's that's important. I, I really started thinking this way when I think in the 2000s, mid to early 2000s, I remember a Ford truck commercial as if trucks now aren't cowboy Cadillacs as much, you know, more than they were before, you know, with, with uh, leather interior and trucks not getting used for a truck. I remember the Ford commercial and it had a person inside of it and there were sirens going off and jackhammers and work. They were in the middle of New York City. There was so much noise and then you hear foomp and it's completely quiet but do you think that takes away from the driving experience not being able to hear or see anything that's around you to shut you in that that enclosed cabin that you can't even feel or hear anything do you think that's safe i think to a degree maybe um, but at the end of the day, being able to hear your surroundings, just like when you're out in the woods, uh, is something that's going to be able to help you down the road. You need to be able to hear those sirens coming your way. In fact, the exact reason why police agencies across North America and across the world are now going with these vibrating subwoofers in their car is for that reason alone. When it's getting close to you, you're feeling those vibrations along with the sirens because cars are made so airtight and quiet inside, you can't hear those sirens creeping up on you. So technology with the emergency services have to change because if you can't hear, well, at least you might still be able to feel. How many times when you were a kid, when you'd go home and you'd tell your dad, dad, my truck is making a rattling noise in the back. And what was his answer? Turn the radio Turn up. Turn the radio up. Yes. <laughs> Turn the radio up. And right? that's, that's that is exactly exactly true, and it's that stuff's just amazing. It's it's amazing to me that that cars can be made now that quiet, and and uh, some of our listeners do, and maybe some don't. I I am totally addicted to crash videos on YouTube. Like I used to I watch the European and. Um, all that stuff, all the all the crazy crash videos, you know, especially in Russia and and and, and anywhere. But I'm seeing more and more because I'm addicted to those things. I watch them crazy. I'm watching more and more about people that are either at the drive-through or somewhere, and they get out of their car, and their car drives away because mm -hmm. they have fluid-filled motor mounts and all this stuff and you can balance a nickel on this car and you can't feel it run. You can't hear it run. And these brain dead people that are, 
talking on a Bluetooth or paying attention to everything except for operating, you know, a several ton vehicle, just get out. Because they didn't know it was running. That little shifter in the middle stays in, in drive and they just get out and then the car leaves without you. And I'm seeing that more and more and more because cars run so smoothly, you forget, you think you're driving your couch or something. It's, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Have, have you seen anybody get out of their car and it leaves? <laughs> so anyway, um, some of our listeners, John, right now are probably, you know, shaking their fists. They're probably yelling at their radios and uh, saying they've got an opinion on something that we're talking about. And folks, if you are listening to us and you feel very strongly about some of the things that we've said, we encourage you to head on over to the Get Out and Drive website. And there is a listener comment section there that you can go and you can tell us exactly how you feel whether you agree with us, whether you disagree with us, we want to hear it and make sure you tell us who you are, where you're from, and maybe even leave an email address. Because if we use your comment on the podcast, we're going to send you some get out and drive stickers. I, I can't wait to hear what people have to say. If they're on board with safety features or they're totally against it. I know that that cars have saved them, whether it's being crashworthy or stopping quicker, lane departure warnings or crash avoidance and all that jazz. I'm sure there are people out there that their lives have been saved by their car. I'm going to throw my hands up. I don't, I don't know. It's crazy. You know, Jason, I know you're new to the Get Out and Drive podcast. Don't you have something else on YouTube like every Thursday? Yeah, we have a podcast style live stream that happens on YouTube called the Car Guy and Six Fan Show. It's myself and Grant Tommy, who goes by Straight Six Fan on YouTube. And we talk a lot about cars, only it's live. If you're not getting enough on the Get Out and Drive podcast, you can head over to the Car Guy and Six Fan Show every Thursday evening at seven o'clock central. It's a collaborative effort between myself and Straight Six Fan. So it alternates from my YouTube channel to his every Thursday night. I've been there. It's cool. That's where all the cool guys hang out. It sure is. And we look forward to seeing you again. Are you looking for more action-packed car content? Head over to YouTube for the Car Guy and Six Fan Show on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Find a link in the show notes and let them know you heard about it from the Get Out and Drive podcast. Speed over to our friends at RacingJunk.com and sign up for a Pro Club membership. Use the code GETOUT to receive a discount when you sign up for a Pro Club membership. Cruise on over to our website, GetOutAndDrive.com, for all the info you never wanted to know about our podcast. Hit us up on our listener hotline, be the first to know what's happening, get industry news, and grab your Get Out and Drive merch. Connect with us on social media. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Follow us on Twitter at Get Out and Drive Pod. What drives you?